It's good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We want to welcome all of our listeners. We appreciate so much you tuning in to this program, many of you on a daily basis, or at least very close to it. Others listen very frequently as you have the opportunity and your schedules permit, and then others listen less often, but as they find that opportunity to tune in on on a somewhat more sporadic basis. And then there are always new listeners. But we appreciate every single one of those who listen to Search the Scriptures. We appreciate you, we care about you, and we pray for you. We really do, diligently. We care about teaching you the truth of God's Word. We believe that's the best thing we can do for you to help you get to heaven. And ultimately, is that not the best thing that anyone can do for somebody else? To help them get to heaven and spend eternity with the Heavenly Father, and the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ forever and ever. That is our goal, to try to help you toward that end. And we pray that it is being effective in your life. It's great to be here today again to study with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. It's certainly wonderful for me to be on the program today. And I'd like to extend my welcome also to those listening. We're certainly glad you've tuned in with us on Search the Scriptures. We're looking forward to another good time of study from God's Word together. And as we do that on a day-to-day basis, we hope you're coming to understand, if you're listening to the program on a regular basis, that we do indeed use God's Word as our authority. That is, in fact, the only authority we have in our spiritual lives today, and we need to make sure we're emphasizing it rather than, oh, nice stories we might tell or a commentary that we might have read somewhere along the way a book that somebody wrote on a particular subject. Not that those things are all bad in and of themselves, but ultimately our authority rests in God and in his word, and we need to respect his word. And again, if you're a regular listener to the program, we hope you're getting that understanding that here on Search the Scriptures, we have a very high respect for God's word, and we try to handle it in a way that's accurate, and in a way that's understandable, so that you will ultimately benefit. And that God will be glorified. Absolutely. Bottom line. Uh, Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Boy, Mm -hmm. we've said that a few times in this program, haven't we? We have. And that's only because that's what God has revealed to us Mm -hmm. on the matter through His Word, Romans 10 and verse 17. That's right. So it is imperative that we study God's word so that we can have strong faith Mm -hmm. and that our faith can lead us in the right direction. That's right. Very, very important. Mm -hmm. Now, Dennis, we're really into, uh, we're deep into a deep study. Yes. We're asking about as profound a question as we could ask pertaining to Christianity and our personal salvation. Mm -hmm. We're asking what was accomplished by the death of Christ? Big question. Yes, it really is. It really is. I'm not sure that a lot of people have really thought all that carefully as Mm -hmm. to the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. And we've tried to emphasize that we need to have a good basic understanding of what was accomplished by the death of Christ. Yes, we do. We're talking about our eternal salvation. Mm-hmm. Our eternal salvation. Yes. Well, it takes getting into the Word, and we have done some pretty deep 
study on this subject so far, mm -hmm. trying to answer this question, come to a good understanding. When we read that statement that is quoted over and over again, we'll see it referenced at football games. Somebody will have a big sign, they'll hold it up and the camera will pan over and you will see it you know, from di at different times, John 3.16. Mm -hmm. And so many people can quote that verse. Yes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Mm -hmm. What a great verse. Oh, yes. What great instruction. What great promise. Mm -hmm. And yet we see those placards held up. We quote it. We hear it quoted. We read it. Do we really stop and think about what it says? Yes, you wonder, Gary. How many people really do that? There's just volumes and volumes of information in that one verse. Yes. What was accomplished by the death of Christ? Well, one thing we noted was that the manifold wisdom of God, his deep, abundant wisdom was demonstrated through the death of Christ and the cross. Mm -hmm. God already knew before he ever created mankind that man was going to sin. Yes. And would need redemption. Mm -hmm. And there would be nothing that man could do about it in and of himself. Right. So God already had the plan in mind. He did. And he, that plan included sending his son, our Lord and Savior, to the cross. Yes. To die mm -hmm. for our sins on our behalf. That's right. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 6 through 8. And we also saw that... that the righteousness and the justness of God was demonstrated in the death of Christ on the cross. Indeed we do. Jesus went to that cross, as you pointed out, not just to pay the price for the guilt of sins for all the people who lived at that time and who would live after him, mm -hmm. but he paid the price for the guilt of the sins of all those people who lived before him. He did. The blood went backward, so to speak. Yes. And so while God had allowed the people before Christ to offer animal sacrifices mm -hmm. to atone for their sins, he only allowed that and respected that because he knew that he already had this plan in motion mm -hmm. whereby he would send Christ to the cross. Yes. You know, we might understand that, Gary, by saying that during those Old Testament times when the people were living under the law of Moses and they would offer the animal sacrifices for the sins that they were aware of in their lives. And even on uh, the one day out of the year when the high priest would offer sacrifice for the sins of the nation, the Day of Atonement, God was in essence just rolling those sins forward to the time when Christ would die on the cross and they would ultimately be paid for. Yes. Now, I don't think the people who lived during those times and were offering those sacrifices had that concept. I don't think they did. I think they understood hey, this is for forgiveness. Yes. But when we get into, you know, the, the deeper studies in mm -hmm. the New Testament on the matter, mm -hmm. we come to understand this exactly as you said. God was offering them forgiveness, in a sense, in prospect mm -hmm. of Christ coming to the cross, yes. uh, coming and dying on the cross. Now, 
when Christ died on the cross, the justness of God is demonstrated in that we're told his death on the cross compensated for those sins during Old Testament times. That's right. He paid the price. He paid the price. And so the atonement was effective because God honored the death of Christ on the cross mm-hmm. in forgiving those people of their sins mm-hmm. who had just offered animal sacrifices before right. Christ died. That's right. Very, and I know that's a little bit of a deep study there, but boy, does that show <laughs> the seriousness of sin mm-hmm. on the one hand and the depth of God's love on yes. the other. And it's just as Paul put it, the justness and the justice of God were demonstrated through the death of Christ. Yes. The justness in that he loved mankind and wanted to give them an opportunity to be forgiven of their sins, which he did through Christ, and the justice of God in that he would not let sin go unpaid for. That's a hard concept for us to really appreciate, isn't it? It sure is. We want it to go unpaid for. We want it to be able to go, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to not have to be paid for. We want amnesty. Yes, (laughs) yes. We want sin without consequence. Yes. And that's not reality. No. Well, let's look at another thing that was accomplished through the death of Christ. Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. Deliverance. Deliverance is brought out there. Yes. When you, when you look at that, Paul writes there in Galatians 1, verses 3 and 4, who gave himself, that's referring to Jesus, mm-hmm. for, for our sins. Yes. That he might deliver us from this present evil age. Deliver us. Mm-hmm. That's a good concept too. Boy, it sure is. The idea is delivering us out of the condemnation of sin. Mm-hmm. Now, we had to be delivered. We did. We couldn't get out ourselves. No. Christ dying on the cross was what delivered us or gave us the opportunity to be delivered from that hopeless, helpless state in which we were condemned in our sins. Yes. And you know, there's uh, uh, another way Uh, that this is described in the first chapter of Colossians, Gary. In verse 13, uh, Paul speaking about Jesus once more. He said, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his Son of his love. And of course, that kingdom is none other than the church. Exactly right. Yes. So God and Christ not only delivered us, but they conveyed us into the church, which is far better than the situation we were in. We understand the idea of delivering something and receiving a delivery. Somebody brings us something. Mm -hmm. But 
this is deeper than that, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's yes. the idea that that through Christ's death, we had the opportunity to be delivered out of the bondage, the condemnation, the guilt of sin. Mm -hmm. And as you said, not just brought out of that helpless, hopeless state, but conveyed into a new spiritual state of existence. And that is a state of salvation and forgiveness mm -hmm. in Christ, in the church. Yes, Christianity. Christianity, yes. Mm -hmm. And of course, we might think of the gospel as being the delivery message yes. or system, so to speak. Mm -hmm. As we're baptized into Christ, we're told that we come into him, mm -hmm. Romans 6 and verse 3. Yes. And that we die to that old life of sin mm -hmm. and that we are buried with him in that baptism. That old life is buried, done away with, mm -hmm. and we rise up to walk a new life spiritually. Mm -hmm. Yes. Romans 6, verses 3 through 5. Yes. Uh, Paul even says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, that the baptized believer is a new creation. New creation, that's yes. right. Born again, mm -hmm. as Peter puts it in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Yes. So we are delivered from a helpless, hopeless state of condemnation mm -hmm. and conveyed into a spiritual state of forgiveness and salvation, a new life, yes. really a new life. What a deal that is. Boy, it is. <laughs> you know, sometimes we rejoice over hearing great stories of people who maybe were living under some kind of oppression in a foreign land and, mm -hmm. and they escaped and were able to come to the United States mm -hmm. and give a new hope, a new life. And that's on a physical plane. Yes. What we're talking about is on a spiritual plane, much more important. Yes. And well, far reaching. Yes, it really is because on a physical plane, we know it's temporary. Yes. That, at some point, is going to come to an end. On a spiritual plane, it's going to last forever. Yes. Either in a state of reward, heaven, or in a state of punishment, hell. Yes. Let's look at Titus chapter 1 and verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began... <laughs> A lot said in that short verse. Yes, indeed. Eternal life. Now, that is our hope. And we're not talking about a wish or a wild desire here. We're talking about New Testament hope, which is the desire plus the expectation. Mm -hmm. Because we're talking about hope that is promised yes. and assured. Not just something that's thrown out there and, wow, I wish that could be mine. Mm -hmm. now, no, no, we're talking about something far more... Uh, assured than that. Yes. So hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie. Now, if you want to wonder, is there anything that God can't do? Yep, he can't lie. <laughs> there you go. Can't lie. He promised. He promised. It's God's promise before time began. Mm -hmm. Now, that is perhaps as incredible a part of that verse as anything else. It really is. And that goes back to what we read in an earlier program uh, in answering this question, that this was in God's plan 
mm-hmm. in his mind mm-hmm. before he ever created mankind. Yes, that's right. Before time began. Well, let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. Our hope. Our hope. Jesus Christ. That what was accomplished by the death of Christ? He brought the reality of our hope. Mm. He brought to fruition God's plan whereby we have hope yes. of eternal life, eternal salvation. Mm-hmm. He is our hope. Colossians 1 and verse 5. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Once again, here this hope is laid up for us. And what is the means of communicating that hope to us? The gospel message. It's the gospel. The gospel message. You know, when we read in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it talks about Christ being the author and finisher of our faith. Mm -hmm. Well, he brought the gospel to this earth. He brought that message of salvation and hope from the throne room of heaven. Mm-hmm. So he's the author yes. of our faith. Mm-hmm. And he's there cheering us on, encouraging us on. He's there being that strength for us as long as we'll walk with him faithfully. He's there all the way to the end of our life in this world. Mm-hmm. And he's waiting with the crown of life. Yes, indeed. He's the finisher of our faith. Yeah, yes the finisher of our faith. Mm. Uh, What a blessing we have in the plan that God brought to fruition through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. Now let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And how about reading verses 17 through 22? And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. You know, Dennis, Perhaps we should get the understanding that the death of Christ, maybe that's not really where our greatest appreciation should be leveled or, 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 or focused. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not minimizing that at all. Right. But the death of Christ would have meant nothing without the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Oh, no. If uh, there were no resurrection, Jesus would simply be another corpse rotting in a grave. That's right. He died on that cross. Mm -hmm. What makes that powerful is he arose from the grave. He didn't stay there. That's right. God brought him forth from Mm -hmm. that tomb. Yes. And in that death and in that resurrection... The power of God's plan for our redemption, our forgiveness, our salvation 
is brought into being. Yes. It is brought forth. Now, that's what we mean by fruition. It mm -hmm. all comes together. Mm -hmm. It all comes into reality. Mm -hmm. Now, it's like flipping the switch mm -hmm. and say, okay, the light's on now. Yes. It's no longer a mystery. No longer a mystery. Mm -hmm. No longer just a prophecy. Mm -hmm. Now, it's become reality. That's right. The death of Christ on the cross brought that about. The death of Christ on the cross. God's manifold wisdom was demonstrated. We see all of that when we look in the depths of those scriptures. His manifold wisdom was put into motion and brought to fruition. His, right, his righteousness, his justness, his justice, as you said, mm -hmm. we see that. Mm -hmm. He kept his promise he did. to forgive sins. Mm -hmm to make the opportunity for man to be forgiven. Mm -hmm. That's through the death of Christ. And the death of Christ offers us deliverance from an existence with no eternal hope. Mm -hmm. The death of Christ offers us hope. It does. A lot was accomplished through the death of Christ and the cross. Yes, it certainly was. How thankful we ought to be. And not just verbally, and not just with really warm feelings in our heart. We ought to be thankful in the way we live our lives. Yes, we need to very actively demonstrate or display our thankfulness through the lives that we live. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to talk a talk. It's something else to walk a walk. Mm -hmm. And we need to walk the walk. We really do. Now, we're not finished with this study. We're going to come back in our next program and continue to see what else was accomplished by the death of, by the death of Christ on that cross. We do hope, we encourage you to come back and study with us as we continue along this line and learn all that we're trying to bring out that was accomplished by the death of Christ. And why not contact us right away and ask for that free Bible study and you can see how all of this applies to your life and how it can change your life for the better. We hope to hear from you right away.